Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our fifth season, we are looking at Joe Johnston's 2011 film, Captain America, The First Avenger. I'm Andy Nelson from the True Story FM Entertainment Podcast Network. And I'm Pete Wright, and today, I'm sad. Today we are talking about Minute 109, which begins with recognition of Steve's sacrifice and ends with celebration for VE Day. Back on the show, it is Heidi Bennett. Hello, Heidi. Greetings from Oakland, California. All the way from Oakland. All right. We're starting with sad times still. Even Colonel Phillips is sad. He lowers his head and he walks out of the room. Lowers his head from his position in the corner while watching surreptitiously (laughs) like a creep. Sad creep. (sighs) Don't absolve him of being a creep. This is this is him basically writing him off. Oh hell, I thought he'd figure something out, but that program <laughs> right. was a, was doomed a, from the start. <laughs> that's a picture wrap on creepy colonel. It's not a picture wrap. It's oh, not a picture wrap. Right. Shh. That's right. Shh. I don't yes. know. I'm only so watching this minute one minute at a time. <laughs> uh, we did have a picture wrap the other day on Hugo Weaving. We should have called it out. Although we did talk we about it quite a bit. You're right. So. All right. Um, final thoughts on the sad bit here. I mean, this is a very sad moment here as Colonel Phillips. And then, I mean, this is Haley Atwell at her peak sadness as she calls out again. Steve. And and then weeps in the control room all alone. As you said last uh, time, Pete, everybody has cleared out. Yeah. Everybody. Just Peggy in the control room. All hope is lost. I have no thoughts on Peggy. I mean, she's good. I mean, apart from the fact that I'm really sad for her. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, 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 she does a great job. She does a great yeah. job performing here. So I have a question for both of you. Uh, I'm just curious, your thoughts on on uh, kind of these these sorts of movies that have a tragic romance that end where our two lovers aren't together. Do you have any favorites? Do you have any that stand out to you? Wow. I mean, I guess Casablanca is the obvious choice, right? I mean, that's the one that just kind of comes to mind, right? That, to me. Yeah, and that one seems like the most 40s inspiration for Joe Johnston to have kind of pulled from in so many capacities. Uh, any others? Like, what else stands out? Uh, wow. Like, um, I don't know. What are some of the other movies we've talked about? Like 500 Days of Summer, they don't end up together, right? Yeah, I, I think... La La Land, nobody likes that. No, I, think I'm, <laughs> I think I'm the only one who likes that movie anymore. La La Land, she ends up with uh, the drummer from The Wonders. Right. So, <laughs> to me, that's a plus. It's always... You guys, it's always the drummer. Come on. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, thinking of things like, uh, you know, the sorts of movies where there is a... Uh, where somebody dies, where there's a romance and they die, like things like The Notebook, which I know it's a romance, but and then it follows them all the way into old age. But obviously, Leaving there's Las a very Vegas. tragic element to that. <laughs> Jeez. Lord have mercy. Wow. <laughs> if you're afraid of the answer, uh, don't ask the what, question. What a romantic film. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love watching Nicolas Cage drink himself to death. Oh, my lordy. <laughs> um, Forrest Gump. Okay, there's another one. You've got Forrest and Jenny, and she gets AIDS and dies. And, you know, that is very sad. And we've got, again, we have the survivor crying over the loss of their loved one at the end of the film. Yeah. Okay. 
without going film by film, you just rattled off a bunch of films that I either haven't seen or never wanted to see or <laughs> like I'm not really a romantic film or you know I, I like romance in certain you know and it works in this film for me but like a lot of those movies I've never seen um I have seen the leaving Las Vegas once <laughs> um yeah and I think I mean to me too the difference in this one is as I started watching the Marvel movies you know along with with my husband Brian he's like nobody ever dies in these movies really you know and and then when we got to like you know the final two of ending the infinity war that whole thing the the first of those two movies when a bunch of people got dusted i was like it was so funny he and i actually got in a, a very rare i wouldn't even call it an argument just sort of a reaction argument where he was like all those people are gone now. And I was like, no, they're not. And I said, and I was like, it doesn't make sense for them to be gone because the people that have left are left behind. A lot of those are the people where these are going to be their last movies. So they're probably going to be gone the next move, you know? So I'm like thinking in like filmmaking. <laughs> yeah. Your producer economy on, right? of character <laughs> preservation. Yeah. Who are the older people who are, you know, said, you know, I'm not going to do many more of these or whatever. And I'm like, so that just makes no sense. And Brian's like, no, they're they're gone. And I'm like, but they can't be. <laughs> and I was like, but didn't you say like nobody really dies in the, you know, in these in the Marvel universe? And so we kind of came to that as like, well, nobody really seems to die. So I think there's also like this is romantic and beautiful, but I also know that it's not the end. <laughs> so it was it was um moving because they're Move, um, good act, actors with great chemistry, but I didn't think like, well, that's it. We're not going to see any of these folks again. Yeah, it's not like Rose just let go of Jack at the end of <laughs> Titanic. Who's that's king of the world now, like kiddo? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, yeah. Now that, that, that I have problems with, uh, you know, <laughs> him not being able to <laughs> be held on by her or pulled up by her or whatever. Yeah, I know. Well, there you go. There's another example like this one. Like they had options. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> We're gonna do Titan by minute just so you That's can air right. just, so oh, no. just so I can complain about that one minute. Oh no. <laughs> what I really want to do is like since you know earlier in this week we're seeing that uh the tesseract was you know being the alien acid blood right and going through <laughs> the whole of the plane is that can this plane and Captain America become the alien somehow in uh, John Carpenter's The Thing? Like oh. that's what I like to see be the next. Wow. Yeah, there, there's, there's a crossover. Yeah, that uh, I like it. Unspoken crossover, crossover that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they, maybe their ships crash next to each other, and Chris or and and uh, Steve has been the thing through the entire franchise. Yes. That's what wow. I want. Okay. It's like it. dark, man. Like I'm planting so that Steve's seed. head. <laughs> uh, okay, so a few more came to mind while we were chatting. Obviously, Titanic, which Pete referenced, but two others that I think are great representations of tragic romances, uh, Brokeback Mountain and A Star is Born. I think both of those have a lot of the feels that you get in this sort of story when there is a tragedy that befalls one of the partners and... Um, 
you know, the, and they're left alone. And I think, I, I, I think that is one of the strengths of this film is this, is this moment. And like what we've been talking about, as much as I have issues with Steve's foolhardy decisions and his rapid decision-making that may not have had as much thought put into it as it should have, I still find a lot of the emotional arc of these two characters here. And I find that I, it does work. And I, I really give the film credit and the whole team for building this moment to have the emotional resonance that it does. Well, I'm glad to see that you have some warmth in that cold, dark place where, you're, where your heart used to be. Well, like you said, I keep my little romantic guy locked in a <laughs> box and have to let him out once in a while. <laughs> Uh, but, okay, so to your point, though, Pete, um, mm-hmm. I think yesterday or the day before, you talked about the wreckage that we have, and wouldn't it be nice to have it look a little more wrecked? The angle that Steve was coming in at, it looked like it was going to just crash right in. It it seems to somehow have skidded up a little bit. Um, and, I mean, this ties into what we see at the very beginning of the film, Pete. We talked about this a bit because the angle of the wing was sticking up. Now we actually see it break, so we know that, oh, it's actually broken. Um, But it's kind of setting us up for, okay, there's this plane. For some reason, Steve is completely incapacitated and frozen awfully quickly to wait 66 years. You know, I'll have to buy into all that because it's just the plot that needs to happen in a Marvel film. But And and then I guess, I mean, it doesn't, it's not buried, but I, I guess in context of what we see at the beginning of the film, does it make sense? Like, I mean, it's not that deep in the snow, like it's in 66 years, the amount of cover ice cover over it. You think that works? I think it does, because I think they're setting it up at the in that final scene before the it cuts to, you know, Britain, um, that it's still sinking like it's hot and it feels like it's melting, continually melting into the ice it's like that makes sense to me. into the ice. <laughs> oh, OK. So this is the Tesseract power that was left in the <laughs> lane. The Tesseract, what you don't know is the Tesseract fell. And then because it stayed parallel with the plane, the plane actually <laughs> landed on it. And it's it's right below it is where it is. You don't know that. Right. We know that. Oh, of course. It causes course. it to draw it down into the ice. Also, it first landed on soft powder and then started yeah. to sink. That's why it didn't break up more. I'm trying to help you, man. Like I, I feel like I I did ask that ask myself that question. There is a lot of debris, though. Yeah. As we're seeing it, there Mm -hmm. is quite a bit of debris, but it it does look like a whole plane has Mm -hmm. land or, yeah. Yeah, right. It it looks like it grinded ground. It grinded the ground. It ground the ground. It it made quite a track. (laughs) (laughs) There's a good cover. Good cover. (laughs) All this stays in. I it I mean I I buy that something this big kind of hit the ground and skidded for quite a ways and you know I think that it works. I I like the way that it plays. Obviously it is setting us up for the whole thing. And uh we don't see him. I think actually in the script I think there is some cuts to Steve. I have to check right now because I actually think we see him where Oh, no, no, that's actually in tomorrow's minute. Never mind. I'll come back to that because there's more when Howard is searching. We actually cut to uh, cut to Steve. So I'll talk about that tomorrow uh, because here we don't see Steve. In fact, we won't see him again in the 40s. But what we do do is we switch over to Trafalgar Square 
and now it is VE Day. Um, technically, it's the day after VE Day. It's May 9th, 1945. Uh, VE Day is May 8th. And uh, we have the newspapers to say, hey, this is what happened. It is over. We have planes flying overhead. We see a very famous cover of the Daily Mirror. This actually, they did a pretty fair job of recreating this particular newspaper from VE Day. Um, and actually, it might actually be May 8th. I'm trying to see what the, it's so tiny that I can't tell. It is Tuesday. Yeah, I can't see it. VE Day is May Tuesday, May 8th, 1945. So that is the day. So this paper must have been a morning edition or a late afternoon edition or something like that. That had come out. VE Day is Victory in Europe Day. This is the day that the Allies accepted Germany's unconditional surrender of their armed forces. And it marked the end of World War II in Europe. And yeah, like I said, this newspaper, the Daily Mirror, which we kind of laughed about last time, but, you know, they largely were an okay paper until until um, what's his name Murdoch uh, uh, Murdoch or or, uh, or yeah, Morgan um, right 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 took over they had Morgan, they, right? they've yeah. had some more recent issues incredible oh yeah yeah I think it was about the mid nineties when suddenly yeah they <laughs> nobody took them seriously anymore right um but yeah this this paper V E Day it's over in Europe three p.m. announcement will clinch it. Today is VE Day, the day for which the British people have fought and endured five years, eight months, and four days of war. Um, I mean, how does this play? Do you, I mean, obviously, we're jumping from February to May now. Do you like this transition? Do you do you like the way that it plays to kind of shift us into kind of moving the story um, out of where we had been into kind of the the final part of it? Do you like this transition here? I do. I do. I feel like this allows us to move very quickly through these last couple of minutes and get us caught up because that's what we need to be at the end. By the time we hit the post credit scene, we need to be caught up. And um, so, yeah, it totally works for me because it, because it also demonstrates that life goes on for the people who have, you know, like there's all the celebration. Sure. But also for, you know, eventually we're going to see that the colonel and Peggy, they're still at work. And Howard, he's definitely still at work. He's doing stuff. And that's important. What about you, Heidi? Yeah. Works for me. I'll just say, ditto. <laughs> well, so here's a question: Do you think people know about what Captain America did? Like, do you think that all of this is out in the public as far as the stuff with Hydra, or do you feel like all of that element is kind of undercover? And really, all people think about Captain America is that he helped stop the Nazis. Any sense? Yeah, my sense is that people don't. What you just said is my sense. But he, they just think he helped. So nobody probably knows that he, uh, you know, saved New York. No, I definitely don't think anybody knows he saved New York. Well, this goes, okay, so Heidi, here's another question that we've been debating over the course of this. Do you think the public knows that Captain America is a super soldier? Or do you think that he is this movie actor who um, did these stage shows where they had these motorcycles on wires to make him look like he was super strong and that he's over there to kind of act like the hero to inspire troops? Do you feel like that's the pitch to the American people? Or do you think that they've actually revealed that he's a super soldier? 
I wouldn't think that they would have revealed him to be a super soldier because that serum is such a coveted, um, you know, potential weapon, obviously. But that seems like the kind of thing there would be no reason, no benefit of letting people know about that. Well, because we had some debates with people about like that, particularly in the musical montage where Steve is on the stage holding up a motorbike and he's got the three uh, the three dancers up on top of it, where some people see that as, oh, they have revealed to the American public that he is super strong. But I was always like, well, it doesn't seem super clear in the movie and it could just be stage tricks. And uh, but I mean, it's been quite a a bit of disagreement about that. So you, it sounds like you're on my side is what I'm I saying. I mean, without having, <laughs> I didn't go and rewatch this move minute by minute with that question in mind. Sure. So my gut answer is that I agree with <laughs> that because it just seems like it would make sense to not, as I said, not reveal that that serum is something that exists. Right, right, right. So now it's canon. All those present say I, I, and now everybody here <laughs> agrees, and all those past episodes of argument <laughs> are, have been discarded from the record. Exactly what I was looking for. Thank you. Yep. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> okay. Have either of you ever been to Trafalgar Square? No. I haven't either. I've never um, stepped foot outside of an airport when I've gone to London. That's, so. that's my issue, too. I'm a big, <laughs> big Heathrow guy. Big Heathrow energy. That's that's about it. Uh, it. I love the look of it. I think it's a really cool space. Um, Trafalgar Square is a public square in Westminster, and uh, it was laid out in the early 19th century around the area formerly known as Charing Cross, which I had also heard of. I didn't realize that it was all kind of the same thing. Um, and there's a big statue of Admiral Nelson in the middle of it, uh, commemorating the victory at the Battle of Trafalgar, which had been in 1805. And um, yeah, it, it's a it's a neat, big public space. And it's actually been in a lot of movies, which I also didn't realize, um, such as Casino Royale and uh, also in the TV show, The Avengers and Doctor Who and The Ipcris File. I think, like, if there's a movie set in London, it probably has a sweeping shot through Trafalgar Square. I just think, like, there's that there's that crane shot uh, in 28 Days Later where, where everything is. Like, that's the one that strikes me, um, where it's completely empty. I was going to mention in the next minute that are you all watching um by chance the peripheral <gasps> i love it so much I, i'm not okay. my, my yes. wife has started it but i haven't okay it up. um yeah because that part of it's in london right yeah it's a it's it's a sorta <laughs> like, it's a heavily, right. like a yeah heavily <clears throat> but it also stars yeah. one of our um one of our guys here that's in the that that's toasting in the next minute that's part of the oh, team oh right holy cow okay yeah, well i'm gonna hold my breath on that one then for sure I'll save that that's exciting yeah mm -hmm. but that's another place and i just got an invitation in my email to interview part of one of the craft team from that so maybe i'll be able to oh, cool. score something talking with somebody from behind that 
But yeah, that show is incredible. Yeah, it's great. So that just made me think of it because of that location and also the actor, which I don't have his name pulled up, but we can remedy that in our next episode. That's absolutely true. Absolutely true. Well, so that's where we are. We're we're celebrating. We've moved past the tragedy of our story. Uh, we're into the celebration as the war uh, has ended, and we see all of the extras in England have all come together to unite <laughs> in a period moment in all their forties garb. I like to think that all these extras just have what what period am I playing today? Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll be there, and they all just show up in their forties garb, to yeah, wave in their, their gold blimey flags. soldier suits. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say their old blimey soldier suits? Yeah, oh, go blimey, go blimey, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's exactly uh, what they are. Yeah, and so I think uh, I I love it because these are the these are the appropriate trappings of victory, and I I think it's important to have all this kind of celebration over what we see coming, which is just like oh, also people are sad because you know the, what what Captain America is is lost in Captain America is like representative of all that is lost in the war. And I think that's the, to me, that's the message of these two minutes, at least, that we have this grand victory, but we lost something really important. And in the image of this one guy is the loss of war to civilization, right? And that's that's what, like, he is representative of a much larger sense of grief. And I think they, they you know, nailed it with all the right symbols and signs and flags and, and, and that it's a Captain America movie and all the flags in these last two minutes are Union Jack. And I think that's kind of cool, too. Yeah, that's actually an interesting perspective that we're not in, for example, New York, right? Right. Which, I mean, to a certain extent, I suppose, would make sense in a story about Steve, who is from Brooklyn, where we would have people there celebrating the end of the war. Uh, and they could have certainly done that much like the end of, you know, the the revised version of Return of the Jedi, where we're jumping all over the place and seeing all right. these different celebrations. But it is very specifically just London. We're just here for VE Day. And yeah, that's actually an interesting perspective. I hadn't really thought about that but uh, before, but yeah, we don't see anything but London here. Right. Yeah. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that, Heidi? Do, do you feel like we should have also seen New York or do you like just seeing here? Sorry, I feel like for some of these pointed questions, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. You know, <laughs> it's not that I'm not interested. It just I don't have any, you know, profound additions of information. Like, yeah, I like this. This is great. And also, like, I feel like for, you know, going to the movies and seeing something called Captain America, it's nice to just be exposed to different, I mean, they're not so different, but just different cultures, different perspectives, what's happening in other countries. And also, yeah. And also it would have been weird to go all over the world because everybody that we have here is in like they're, I think they're in, they're, they're British. Like they're, they're in the, it's the British team. It's right. I mean, that's where our guys it, well, well I mean, we could true. see Senator Brandt celebrating and, or something. You know, I, I, <laughs> with the if Ewoks. there's one other person that could have been included. <laughs> Did you say with the Ewoks? Yeah, <laughs> Senator Brandt's dancing with the Ewoks. <laughs> oh, I need somebody to put that together now. That's just fantastic. 
All right. Well, let's wrap this up. We're going to do more celebrating and uh, more uh, memorializing in tomorrow's minute, uh, wrapping up the week. So, Heidi, thank you so much. And once again, tell everybody where they can tune in to what you're up to out there. So on YouTube, if you want to check out Vibrant Visionaries Network, um, I have some really fun tours of vintage cookbooks. Like for Halloween, I did uh, Vincent Price and his wife at the time, Mary Price. They um, did a lot of traveling and collecting of art and recipes. So they put together a fun cookbook. So I have Vincent Price cookbook look on there. (laughs) So if you're into, uh, you know, vintage cookbooks and then, like I mentioned before, just fun, easy recipes. I also have interviews on there with, um, different creatives like Selene Luna, who's an activist and, um, actor and um you'll probably recognize her she's also uh but she's been in the recent season of uh the television show mayans as a character uh recurring recent character uh the producer of the um there's something in the dirt the film that's at least out right now as we're recording this david lawson um who has Uh, He's the producer uh, for uh, Benson and Moorhead, their films. And uh, they also worked on um, uh, Moon Knight. They were a couple of the directors from that. So um, I have an interview with him on the podcast and on YouTube. The YouTube version of it is extra fun just because he's a very animated, fun person. So David Lawson, indie film producer on there. So yeah, all that stuff at Vibrant Visionaries Network on youtube check that out everybody lots of great material lots out there uh so we will be back tomorrow to talk about minute 110 pete thanks as always yub yub everybody yub yub until next time true believers Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is Spread the News by Anthony Vega, and this season's show art is by Winston Yabo. Find the show at truestory.fm, and if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, consider doing that for this show.